All right, welcome to another segment of Super is Natural in the Kingdom of God. My name is Corey Pritchard, and I believe that you've probably been with us for uh, the previous sessions. If you have not, I always encourage you again to go back through, uh, listen to those sessions. Uh, originally, uh, we went through and we actually had an introduction where I tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I don't, again, want this to be all about me. Uh, I want it to be more about you. So I don't go into a lot of detail about myself unless I feel like it's uh, definitely necessary. But you, you know, curious about me, you can go into uh, that segment and you can find out more about me. Uh, also in that we touched on a few different things, a couple of different issues that people may be having. Uh, so one thing I want to make sure that I'm very clear about um, is the fact that I believe that the demonstration of the gospel of the kingdom of God or the power or the reality of the kingdom of God is that it is coupled with and matched with the, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of God. I believe honestly for myself, again, this is a unique thing for me, uh, and it's possible that some other people may feel the same way, uh, but that in order for me to have the permission to be able to actually preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, then I actually have to be willing to demonstrate the power and the reality of the kingdom of God, or you know they're going to look at me as a fraud, and it's nothing more than another uh, philosophical idea or religious concept or, or something like that that most people uh, have been sharing throughout history. So I want to make sure I'm honest about that. So we covered a few things uh, in that first, again, introductory section, uh, giving you an opportunity to have some freedom uh, from some things that maybe you have been in bondage to, also giving you the opportunity to take, uh, you know, citizenship in the kingdom of God. I, I you know, pray that you took advantage of that. Uh, if not, again, that's fine. Again, these solutions are available to anybody, uh, you know, on a, I guess, a, 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 a per come, I guess, basis. I'll say it that way. Uh, I can't promise that you have the lasting effect. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't promise that things don't, don't, that other things don't happen, but I can promise that you can have relief, you know, from what I know. Uh, but my, my encouragement is that if it's on your heart uh, to actually listen in on these segments, to pay attention to anything that I'm saying, is that chances are you are a sheep of God. You know, you are a sheep of, of Jesus Christ. Of course, he's the shepherd. Uh, you have ears to hear and you have eyes to see. Uh, so uh, if that's the case, uh, then if you haven't made that hope and faith in, in Jesus Christ or, or uh, that confession and belief in Jesus Christ that he is the son of God, uh, if you haven't, you know, asked for the baptism and filling of the spirit of God and haven't you know, start seeing some, some evidences in, in your life, then, you know, stay with us for a while. When that time is right for you, then you'll do it. Uh, but I encourage you to do that as quickly as possible because some of the things I say, I will have a lot more relevance uh, when I say those things if you've actually taken advantage of that. So in the second segment, uh, we got into peace, okay, and the importance of uh, the fact that Jesus Christ did not give us a peace like the peace that the world gives, okay? The peace that the world gives always comes with strings, okay? It always is looking to take away from you. Uh, it appears to add something to you. Uh, the word vanity is very, very important. So it's a vain, uh, uh, I guess, proposal, uh, proposal that they're giving to you. Uh, so the thing is, I'm saying, you know, you don't have to find peace in the bottom of a, of a bottle, of a liquor bottle, right? You don't have to have, find peace at the bottom of a prescription bottle okay you don't have to find peace you know in inside of a uh, a blunt you know or whatever the heck you know people are smoking now uh marijuana or, or crack or, or some opioids or you know any of those types of things that, that stuff is a temporary false peace again it always subtracts from you appears to add to you temporarily uh, and it's going to draw you away and the goal is is to kill you ultimately and while it's killing you you know, finally, it's slowly killing you along the way and destroying all your relationships and everything that's around you. So you deserve better. God loves you. I love you and you deserve better. 
Uh, so we did deal with some of those things in the third segment. What we got into is actually pro uh, provision. Uh, talk, I think I may have mentioned the word prosperity, but mostly provision. Just getting your needs met. The fact that God uh, himself decided that he wanted to provide your needs. Actually, I was journaling today and realized that Adam was actually uh, the last or one of the last things in, in the, that was created in the garden. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that awesome? So if you haven't uh, read the story of Adam and Eve as far as uh, the way the creation goes, I encourage you to go into the book of Genesis. Uh, in most Bibles, you know, they have the book of Genesis. And just read through some of that, some, some really powerful uh, things that are in there. And one of the things that's it's incredible is that God spent uh, six days, uh, and he actually spent those days creating everything with his mouth. His word is so powerful. Uh, the Spirit of God acted on the uh, on the Word of God. Uh, Jesus Christ is the Word of God, so Jesus was actually present there. You know, so if you you know want to think about that, but Jesus the Christ is actually present there with God the Father, with some more <laughs> detailed, complicated stuff uh, that I won't get into. Uh, but the fact that God had this 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 uh, this union that was going on between Himself, His Spirit, and His Word. And it allowed everything that you and I know to be spoken into existence and to actually, actually for it to be manifested. Just a beautiful thing. But in six days, God created uh, all the things, again, the galaxies, the moons, the stars, uh, or the moon and the stars. Uh, also, you know, the water, the earth, you know, all types of things, animals, just a lot of wonderful things that were created in six days. And Adam was actually created on the back end of that. You know, even even to go a step further, Eve was created after Adam. Okay, she was taken from Adam. So God actually saved his best for last, right? So people have an issue uh, with the so-called feminism or, or being feminist because they believe uh, that they've been you know pushed aside and women ha haven't had equal rights, and you feel like you gotta you know exert your power and influence. Then then God actually served his saved his best for last. Okay, women are are powerful, powerful uh, uh, beings. And God uh, never uh, looks at as man or woman as, as being uh, less than, okay? Very equal. Uh, so it's a case where the power of a, of a woman is her influence. And, and women are very powerful. And we can see uh, what happened to Adam and what has happened to a lot of men. Okay, on the negative side, but on the positive side, that, that, that Eve was actually given to Adam as a help meet, okay? As a helper, to be able to help him to be able to accomplish the things that God actually wanted to accomplish throughout the earth. So it's a powerful thing to understand, uh, again, that, that that same level uh, that, that, that actually God intended for uh, man and woman to be on. Uh, so with that being said, I had to realize that God gave man everything first, okay? He didn't wait to give man anything. So in our world culture, then we always look at it as we have to work for it, right? We have to earn it. And then we get it. But God actually gave us all of his best first, right? All the animals, all the herbs, all the everything, right, was created. Gold, silver, all the assets that are in the earth, everything was created. And then Adam came and he gave Adam all those things independent of his work, independent of his service, independent of anything that he could have done. So it was nothing that Adam could do uh, to actually earn any of those things. It was just that right alignment that he had with his father. And it's right alignment with the laws that God had placed and, and, and put in place for him that allowed him to stay connected and just naturally have his provision, you know, his, his needs met. Uh, and the work that he did in the garden was not to earn those things, right? Not to say that he you know, rightfully deserves those things. It was the work because that was his joy, right? God had given him his purpose. So he was working in purpose, and that was a joyful thing for him, and his provision was uh, was being, his needs were getting met. Uh, he was receiving provision just based on that. I mean, it's some powerful, powerful stuff when you start really thinking about it. So 
Um, the reason why I wanted to say that is I want you to understand that it is natural for you and I to have our needs met in the kingdom of God. If we're not getting our needs met, it's because we're out of alignment with God's will, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto us, right? So it's a powerful thing to understand the importance of aligning with the laws and the way that God actually puts stuff in place. So if we're out of alignment, we're hurt, right? If we're in alignment, we get the benefit of that. And that's exactly what goes on. And sometimes we have been given another idea of what God is all about, you know, his character, what his intent is, right? We've been given this propaganda. I know I mentioned that word uh, probably in our, in our first segment. And it's a, it's a lie that's presented as a truth, okay? So uh, oftentimes, you know, God, people told you stuff about God that's just not true. So if you go and just look it up yourself in his word, you'll find out a lot of those things just easily able to see it's just it's just not the truth and especially when you come into the kingdom of god you know and, and again you start aligning with with the, with that intimacy that god has provided being filled with the spirit of god yielding and following you know his will then you'll see like man everything i thought about you god i was wrong you know i was i've been told totally totally wrong about you and you you again this this deep intimate love affair with god that you would have never imagined so it's a beautiful thing uh to have this walk so again i went through that uh, with provision so today what we're going to get into is healing. And I mentioned some healing things uh, in the first segment, uh, but I'm going to get into it more uh, uh, directly and be more specific uh, about those healing things. I'm actually going to give you some personal testimonials, right? I, I can give you some testimonials of other people, but I I'll just speak for myself personally. Uh, hopefully that'll be helpful for you. Then I'll give you some tools for you to be able to experience those things. And I will actually demonstrate again that re reality of the power that I have on the inside of me and the authority that I've been giving, given so that you can experience those changes today. And maybe you uh, were on that first segment and you, you received you know, the, the, that, the, the, the benefit from that, from that first segment, from me speaking some things into your life. Uh, but if you weren't there or maybe your belief was not there during that segment, it's, it's fine. You know, we'll go ahead and get that stuff taken care of uh, today. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, so what I'd like to do is to start with the parable. So let me pull up uh, our, I guess, image here. We want to make sure we can keep that in front of us. And as I'm uh, waiting for that image to actually come up, then I will go ahead and turn to my scripture. So I'm taking my time. You know, I'm not not going to try to rush through um, and, and, and do anything, you know, crazy. I really want to make sure that you get everything that it is that God intended for you to get. I appreciate, you know, you just joining in to this. Uh, so if you are reading your Bible, if you if you choose to, you know, read your Bible, right? I'm not sure, again, what where you are as far as with God. Maybe you're still on the fence and don't own a Bible. Maybe you're still, you know, in another type of religion that doesn't actually uh, observe uh, the canonized Bible, you know, those types of things, but that's fine. You know, I'll just go ahead and, again, just read what I have here. So what I'm going to do is read what's called a parable. And I talked to you about parables before, but this is just, just my um, way of getting your permission to be able to, to, to give you an opportunity to have the secrets of God. Okay. Jesus Christ is speaking these words and he is giving you an opportunity to have deep secrets. Isn't that a powerful thing? Uh, but he does that only by your permission. So I am going to speak parables and then if it is a case where you actually want to know what the parable means and you want to know more about it, then you will seek it. You'll ask it. You'll either ask me or you'll, you know, pray and ask God and he'll, he'll, 
you know, make sure he, he reveal it to you. But it's just a case where you have to actually want that. For those people uh, that it's just not that interesting, you say, what the heck are you talking about? I don't have any interest in finding out more about that. It's not for you. And that's the reason why the parable is so beautiful, because, again, it protects the purity uh, and, and the, 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 uh, the sanctity, I guess, uh, the holiness of the, of, the, of the message of the kingdom of God. Uh, so the people that don't want it, it's not forced on them, right? This is not a case where it's forced conversion. No one's con con forcing you to, to take, you know, to take anything. It's a case where if you if you're interested, you move forward. If you're not, then you stop the video. You you know you move on with your life as as you've been doing. No harm, no foul, right? So let's take a look at Matthew chapter thirteen, and let's actually look at verse number thirty one, uh, and it says. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among uh, among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Okay, so powerful uh, parables. Uh, Jesus uh, almost always, you know, I guess always as far as, uh, as far as what he said, he preached to the masses in parables. And that was the reason why, because he loved people so much. He didn't want to force anything on them, uh, but he did openly demonstrate uh, the reality of of how powerful uh, the kingdom is that was that, that that the kingdom was that was sitting on inside him the reality of that kingdom. So what I'll do is before, and I talked about this before in my my own self as far as being able to uh, op offer an opportunity to actually receive salvation, come in and have citizenship into the kingdom of God before, actually demonstrate the reality of the power of the kingdom of God before, get into a message right, and then actually come back behind that. And do the same thing, okay? Kind of, kind of sandwiching it in. So I'm actually going to do that today. I'm going to do that right now. So if you are experiencing anything right now, so maybe you want to listen to me, but you're de dealing with uh, some stress, some anxiety, that you're dealing with some of these thoughts that, that won't stop. Then what I'm going to do is help you out so that you can have peace of mind, not just so you can listen to this message, but you can continue on, continue on with the rest of your day. So what I like for you to do is is place your hand on your head, right? Go ahead and put both hands on your head. If you know for a fact that you have a specific place that that pain is coming from, maybe in the back of your head or the side of your head or something like that, go ahead and actually place your hand directly on the place where the, where the pain is actually bothering you, the, bothering you the most, if it's pain. Now, if it's thoughts, you know, anxiety, if it's stress, okay, if it's those types of things, uh, then it's not a specific place, you know, that you can actually put your head on or hand on where you know exactly where it's coming from, but you know that the source of it is in your mind, okay? So let's go ahead and deal with that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, that your word never returns void. Father, I thank you that peace we have been given, not like the peace that was given unto the world, God, that Jesus Christ gave us a perfect, un unfailing uh, unconditional peace, Father God, that, they were, that we are able to walk in. So, Father, I am asking right now that that peace that you have given to me, that it can be transferred through to this person, to these people who are listening to me right now in the name of Jesus, if they're dealing with thoughts of anxiety or stress or uneasiness, God, thank you, God, for that peace, God, being 
transferred to them right now as I'm speaking in the name of Jesus. So, Father, they, they, for those that have their hands on their head, God, right up under their hands, Father God, whatever this pain is that may be bothering them, Father, I command that that pain be removed right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Pain, I command you, go now. So if you're listening here, this is where you actually speak to the pain. So I'm telling you, say now. Pain, I command you, go in the name of Jesus. I command you, go away totally in the name of Jesus. So Father, we thank you. That the pain has been subsided, the pain is going, I'm commanding that 100% of the pain go, 100% of the anxiety go, 100% of those thoughts that are, that are infiltrating this mind, that are trespassing, I command them all go. Thoughts, I command you to come under the obedience of Jesus Christ right now in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for it. So, uh, that's, a, that's a thing where you should experience relief immediately, okay? Some of you may have felt some like a warm feeling or something like that in your head as I was speaking. Uh, also, any other kind of pain. I did this before, but pain is a really big deal. A lot of people are on uh, get started with drug addiction uh, because of this pain that won't stop. Uh, so, if you're dealing with some pain in any area of your body, if you can touch it, okay, again in your feet, in your legs, in your back, in your head, your neck, eyes, ears, whatever that pain is, wherever that pain is, let's go ahead and deal with that pain so you can have some relief right now. So, go ahead and place your hands right on the place where, where your pain, the source of the pain is coming from, okay? We're going to go ahead and deal with that to give you pain relief. So pain in the name of Jesus, I speak to you. Father, I thank you, God, that, 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 that your spirit, Father God, your Holy Spirit, your spirit, you, Father God, dwelling on the inside of me is the dunamis, like dynamite, God. Father, virtue is that, that power, that Holy Spirit. Power, God. Father, I'm asking that that virtue be transferred from me now as I speak, God, transferred to this person, these people under the hands, Father God, that they have, that they're placing on their body, God. And as I'm speaking, God, I'm asking that the pain dissipate, dissolve, it, that it be rooted up right now in the name of Jesus. So pain, I'm speaking to you. I command you, go now. Whatever it is that is the source of the pain, I command you to be whole. I command you to be healed. I command you to be sozo in the name of Jesus. I call you whole 100%. I call you healed 100%. If it is the case of the source of pain that's from some injury or something that's just not functioning correctly in the body, then I'm speaking wholeness to that joint, to that ligament, to that bone in the name of Jesus. I command you to be whole. I command you to function perfectly in the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke you right now. You demonic spirit, I command you come out of this body right now. Leave right now in the name of Jesus. So Father, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. So you should be experiencing uh, relief again from the pain or whatever it is, you know, discomfort that you were dealing with. It could be tooth pain. You know, I'll get into some of that. Uh, doesn't matter what kind of pain it is, but you should be able to receive uh, some type of release, you know, relief that you had. Uh, you should receive, be able to receive that. Another thing could be fatigue. Uh, I'm not sure why I'm dealing with fatigue, but fatigue is another one, right? Maybe because of the things that's going on in your life, you're not really able to get peace in your rest. You're not able to sleep good. So then when you wake up, you feel tired and exhausted. You don't feel like you can focus, right? So your focus is not where you, you would like it to be. So let's go ahead and deal with that right now. And then we'll go ahead and move forward. So I am uh, speaking to uh, fatigue right now in the name of Jesus. So you devil of fatigue, you demonic force of fatigue, 
I command you get out of this person. I command you loose your hold. Get away from them. Take your influence away from them in the name of Jesus. I am speaking life right now. Thank you, God. Speaking life into this person. Thank you, God. Energy, focus in the name of Jesus. Thank you for clarity and focus right now as I'm speaking, God. It's coming on this person, Father God. And I thank you, God. Coleman are coming on this people. Father, we receive it. We thank you for it. Again, by the authority given to me in Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, I command you to have peace, comfort, and energy and focus in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. So, Father, we thank you. All right. So, with that being said, again, this is totally, you know, uh, supernatural is what people will probably say. And for those that, you know, may not, again, choose not to believe or may not be in the level of belief, then, you know, you're going to say, hey, Corey, you know, this thing is not working for me. But I'm telling you for a fact, there are people that listen to this right now that are experiencing the relief that I'm talking about. They know for a fact that what I'm saying is totally true, right? And they are becoming a believer, at least in the miracles of God, by what's going on, okay? So just because it didn't happen for you don't mean it's not happening for somebody else, okay? It's just a case where these things are real. And again, once you're able to get your belief into a place uh, that you could actually be able to operate in a level of faith that you can receive, you don't have no problem receiving, right? It's easy, very, very simple. It doesn't matter that I'm, that I'm not here in front of you or I am with you, you know, again, in spirit, but I'm not there with you physically. That doesn't matter. God has an entire host. There's a name that they give Jesus Christ called the Lord of hosts, right? He has more than enough angels that are constantly dispatching, working, uh, but we have to get permission uh, to, for them to be able to actually intercede and actually intervene in our lives, right? God's spirit is everywhere, right? I have his Holy Ghost and other people to have his Holy Spirit, right? He's always moving and doing things in the earth, right? So that same spirit is able to, to, to be able to impact you and, and benefit you as I'm speaking, right? So again, these are things that are natural in the kingdom of God. Some people may look at them as being supernatural, but again, this is just natural stuff. Uh, in the kingdom of God. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll get into, uh, again, for myself, I promise I'll talk about a couple of uh, testimonials. I won't get into a lot. You know, I want to give you enough to be able to, again, build your faith up. And then at the end, we'll talk, speak to a few other things. But for me, uh, what happened is, again, I told you I grew up in like a Christian type of atmosphere and the atmosphere that I grew up in. I never saw any miracles, right? Never heard anything about miracles. Nobody told me anything about them. Uh, I had no idea, okay, as a kid, I told you I grew up sleeping in the pews, I didn't see anything there, uh, as I was doing, you know, my thing as far as a kid goes, just, just out and about, not really having any type of uh, relationship with God at all, I actually had a teacher, a fifth grade teacher, who was a believer, a wonderful, powerful man of God, and I remember uh, through, I guess, the time I was in this classroom, I started really being interested in God, I mean, at that time, he was actually literally opening up his Bible, right, <laughs> He would bring his Bible into the classroom and he was reading his Bible to the class. And it was just a powerful thing, you know, for me to have this, this, this basically church that I wasn't able to get in my actual church. And I was getting it in the, in the classroom and he would speak these things. So then I started to have these gifts that, that started to kind of stir up. And I, I said, man, this is this is strange. You know, I remember a few times uh, that I had like visions things that, that would happen in the future, and then they would actually happen. I remember riding on the school bus in the vision, you know, some things happened on the school bus, and then uh, not long after that, I remember, you know, that, that being replayed when it actually happened. I remember that I had that vision. It's like, man, this is crazy stuff. And I remember having that conversation with that teacher because I didn't have anybody else to talk to. I said, hey, 
uh, what do you think about this? You know, I actually had a dream or a vision, and then that thing actually it ha- actually happened. You know, what do you think about it? And he was able to, to unpack God's word and, and just really let me know that it's okay. You know, super is natural in the kingdom of God. Of course, he didn't use that terminology, but he let me know that, it's, that that's okay, and I needed that, right? So if you're on this call, it's a, it's, a, it's a case where you or maybe someone else that you know maybe is operating different gifts, okay, accessing the spirit realm, being able to maybe read people's thoughts uh, or being able to uh, interpret certain things or sense certain things, uh, just all types of things that, that people are able to do when they access the spirit realm. And maybe that happened for you as a child or a young person. Uh, and then maybe you were in church, okay? I, I remember a, a co-worker that I had, she, she ended up converting to so-called, uh, uh, I guess, witchcraft, and she called herself a witch, but she was a Wiccan, okay? She, so, so you know this more than I do, maybe, but she said she was a Wiccan. So she went began to explain that there, you know, she believes there are good witches and bad witches, and she's not a bad witch, she's a good witch, and she believed in this Wiccan belief, right? And she was practicing th- these different beliefs. So the story went, she told me her story is that as a child, she had these different operations of gifts that she was able to, to, to operate in as a child. And I think she was able to like, uh, you know, have visions and, and have uh, visions of the future, uh, being able to like uh, read people's minds or some things like that. But just some some things that are, 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 are only things you're able to do in the spirit realm. And she was rebuked, you know, by her, her church going family. OK, mom and dad and people in church. They told her that that's of the devil, that's demonic, you know, that that's an evil thing. So it made her feel very bad about who she was and what was happening in her life. So as she grew up as an adult, she found her acceptance in, in this wicked belief, right? And I believe that's the same way with a lot of people that go into witchcraft, uh, that go into, you know, so-called voodoo or, or any of those types of mystical type of things. is because they already had an experience with the spirit realm and because the church wasn't able to appreciate that to show them what it is and that it's natural and how to actually make sure that it's positive so they can access again these things through the correct means which is uh, again through the kingdom of god not accessing them through the dark forces then then they just went off okay so if that's you i'm telling you there's nothing strange about you right there's nothing wrong about you okay it's just a case where you've been taught improperly okay so, for me, when I had those visions, I, I didn't know what to do. So he gave me a lot of comfort. Never told my parents anything about that. I don't think I ever told really anybody uh, about about that. So my teacher was a, was a great source for me to actually be able to confide in, confide in, and he showed me a lot of love. So again, for me, I didn't never I didn't never saw anything. It wasn't until uh, I spent again all my time went through college, start you know volunteering, spending a lot of time in church and uh, doing a lot of work in ministry in, in church. Never seen anything there. Not one thing. Never heard anything. Uh, never saw one thing. Uh, I remember uh, in a prayer service, we used to do an hour-long prayer service. A lady starts speaking in the language I never heard of before. Everybody seemed like they were terrified <laughs> as she was, you know, uttering these, these these words that nobody had actually heard before. And at the time, I was a deacon in the church, and I remember uh, the pastor, uh, after that Saturday, it was a Saturday Bible study, he actually brought us in. Uh, as a, in our next deacon meeting, and he he addressed it. He said that uh, you know there was a, somebody that was there that was speaking in tongues, and everybody was uncomfortable. Uh, so we got to make sure we bring some order to that. So he addressed the church on that next Sunday and said, "Hey, uh, there's some people that that have this gift of speaking in tongues. Not everybody has the gift of speaking in tongues. Not everybody can speak in tongues. Not God hasn't 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 made it for everybody to speak in tongues." 
Uh, so for those few people that happen to speak in tongues, then you have to make sure that you keep it quiet uh, because you don't want to disturb other people. And, you know, you, you don't want to do that. So you got to make sure that you, you know, do that at home or do it in a way where you don't, you know, disturb other people because that's not something that we really do here in this church, right? So I said, man, this is strange. Like, I, I knew enough to know that I didn't know anything about speaking in tongues. I had no idea about that. But then the words that he was speaking just didn't seem right to me. But went on from there and, and didn't think anything else about it. So it wasn't until my mother uh, actually called me one night. I, I remember I didn't stay too far from her, maybe about 10 minutes away from her. And she had had an accident, a car accident, uh, I believe a couple years earlier. And she had a lot of trouble out of her shoulder. And uh, I had been reading the Bible again, you know, no matter what the, the doctrine was in the church, I was always very uh, insatiable about reading the words. One, I just had to keep reading. I couldn't get enough of reading the word of God. I was always reading the word of God. And I remember coming across scriptures that talked about healing. Obviously, you know, Jesus Christ always you know, was mentioned about him healing the sick and doing all types of miracles. And I said, man, you know, th this is some wonderful stuff. So it was a scripture, I believe, in James uh, that, I, that I actually came across. And this is just, a, again, a book of James. If you don't know anything about it, no big deal. Uh, you can always uh, find it or look it up or find it out later. That's not as important as the fact that I knew for a fact that healing was available and that healing could flow through a person. That's what I needed. So from that scripture about calling the elders of the, of the church is what it talked about. Talked about anointing the sick right and that they would actually be able to to be healed i said man this is some powerful stuff so i'm in this conversation with my mother over the phone i remember it was a rainy night it was raining so i believe that's the reason why maybe uh she was having so much pain and i remember her crying on the phone and talking about how bad this pain was in her shoulder and you know i said mom i'm on my way and what i did was i hung up the phone with my mother i went into my kitchen grabbed me a bottle of olive oil because I, I only thing I knew was they said something about some oil. I knew I had some olive oil, grabbed it, went over to my mother's house and I and I and I knocked on the door, went into the door. As a matter of fact, I don't, I don't even think I use my own olive oil. Let me make sure I, I, I get that correct. I use my mother's olive oil. I didn't even bring olive oil. Right. Is what I brought was my Bible. So I walked in again. It was a rainy night and I walked in and I, and I grabbed this olive oil from my mother's cupboard. And uh, I put that olive oil on my hands and I said, Mom, you are going to have healing and you're going to have pay, uh, freedom from pain today. I said, because I got this. I had this word that I read that says that if I can anoint the sick, that they will be healed. And all I know is, is I believe it and I love you and I don't want you to have pain no more. So I literally put this oil on my hand, rubbed it, put my hands on her shoulder and I told that pain to leave. Right. I had no instructions. I had nobody that I was listening to anything like that. But that was the first time that I actually laid hands on anybody. And I just remember for myself, I said, there's so much more about this word that I just never see. I just never see it anywhere. I don't see anybody doing it. Uh, so years had passed on and I started listening to some different ministers that actually talked about healing. Uh, so if you want to look at some of those people, you can uh, look up uh, John G. Lake is a wild, powerful, powerful man of God. Actually had a, had a healing school, literally had like a whole hospital full of healers. Uh, Spokane, Washington, I believe is the city uh, that, that he was actually in. They called it the, the healthiest city in, in the entire United States because they healed so many people of so many different various uh, sickness and ailments. OK, uh, he had so many wonderful stories about, you know, just what he did and the way that he went about it. One story was he, he wanted to prove the reality of it. So he allowed himself to be tested uh, by doctors 
as he was speaking in tongues, they actually brought uh, some type of disease uh, that was actually inha inhabiting uh, one of the one of the, the the person you know in in the uh, in the hospital. Uh, I'm not sure if it was. I don't want to. I don't want to get it wrong, but I know it was a, a, a very communicable disease, and they brought that to it, it to him and had it like in a petri dish. And this guy literally starts speaking in tongues and stuck his finger into this pus, the stuff that they actually took out of this person. And him speaking in tongues, they actually saw it under the microscope that this stuff started to die, dissolve, and dissipate under his finger. <laughs> I mean, this is some, cr some crazy stuff. So as I'm hearing these stories, man, my mind is blown, blown away, right? Because I've never seen, never heard anything, and I'm listening to these stories. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth was a wonderful, another wonderful man of God. All types of stories. You know, his stories are a lot more uh, seems violent because he, you know, he would literally hit people or punch punch them right and and punch tumors out of their body and and, and you know smack them or hit them you know or push them you know kick them right. I mean crazy crazy stuff and you know for people to think that he was that he was operating in, in hate it, it was a lie. You know this man was full of love and what he hated was the, the the demonic oppression that the person was under and he wasn't hitting the person he was hitting the the, it was hitting the disease, the sickness, and the devil that was in him, and he would push that thing, thing out. They had stories of you know tumors rolling down the down the uh, stage, and just all types of just uh, absolutely miraculous things that happened uh, again under his ministry. Again, you can check out the stuff. I'm not not making anything up, but there's another another guy, A. A. Allen, uh, was another wonderful uh, gentleman. They talked about a, a little baby that a lady had brought from a long ways away for one of his tent meetings. And the baby, they said it was just the most deformed baby that they had ever seen. You know, it was, he spoke about it. And another guy uh, called, a, uh, what is it, R.W. Schombach, he actually was there with him in that tent uh, when he actually began to pray for the baby. And the baby, like, didn't have uh, pupils in his eyes, uh, didn't have bone structure that was formed correctly, couldn't hear, couldn't see. Just, he said the baby's tongue was hanging out of his head. I mean, just a lot of really tough things for a mother to try to deal with. So the, the mother brought the, the, the child to, to them. They took the baby in privacy, and they started to, to, to pray over this baby. And, and R.W. Schombach and A.A. Allen both, both, both said that they could hear bones cracking, right? You could, you could actually hear the bones beginning to reshape in the child. The baby's uh, organs begin to form. They heard all kinds of strange noises. They said they could see the eyes looking like soupy type of, uh, you know, mixtures in, in his eyes as his pupils began to formulate. Literally had to reform uh, uh, eardrums and, again, pupils in the baby's eyes. Just all types of stuff. And I'm just listening to this. I mean, this is some very miraculous stuff to deal with. And they said this is exactly, you know, what was happening uh, under this, this prayer that these gentlemen were, 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 were doing for this baby. So, again, I'm, I'm saying this all to just build your faith up, okay? Because this is the stuff that built my faith up that was allowing me to, to, to really be able to just move forward and, and some things that God allowed me to be able to see and do. So with that being said, I was listening to all those people, seeing all those things. Uh, another great, uh, great minister was a guy named uh, Andrew Womack. Okay. Powerful uh, ministry as far as, you know, teaching the correct things about healing and about just a lot of wonderful things. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful people that demonstrated the power and the reality uh, of the working, the working God, the raising from the dead, right? These are common things that you know people being raised, raised from the dead, you know, uh, under these ministries. No, not not a not an uncommon thing. Um, uh, what's his name? T. B. Washington or something like that. I I, I I might be messing his name up, but I I'll see if I can get his name. It was an African minister 
uh, that I that I remember seeing on YouTube. Uh, and this guy was again some some of the most outstanding stuff that you ever seen. Uh, putting his hands on people, putting his feet on people, and you could see tumors uh, literally uh, busting and, and dissolving right there before your eyes. Uh, all types of stuff. I mean, totally stuff that you cannot deny because you can actually see it. So YouTube, you know, has all of that stuff. So I don't encourage you to watch everything on YouTube, but there are some things uh, that are there that can be very useful and help build your faith. So again, I'm dealing with all of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking in that. I remember at the time I was selling uh, insurance. I was an insurance agent, went into a lady's house, and I remember she was uh, she was bent over, an uh, older lady, and she was dealing with some back pain. And uh, for me at that time, I'm like, man, it's more important for me to see someone healed <laughs> than to sell a policy. So I'm dealing with the lady and talking to her about insurance, and I'm like, well, you know, you obviously are in discomfort. You got some pain. Do you mind if I pray for you? So I had her stand up, you know, put my hands on her back, cast that you know, devil out and told you know told her back to, to to get in order told the pain to leave you know she's moving around looking good right i'm doing that and then and, and while i'm supposed to be selling insurance so it's, it's very strange uh at home i remember one day uh i had my my brother's dog and he probably doesn't even know anything about this so if he's listening to this or here's this it's maybe the first time he knows about it but I'm dog sitting my dog and i had a jack russell at the time his dog was a jack russell they had been playing out in the yard and I don't even know what happened. All I know is that his dog came in and one of his eyes was, was, was like closed shut. It, it, you know, he couldn't open his eyes like some type of infection or something got in his eyes. So I'm like, oh, snap. Like, I'm not going to be able to send my brother's dog back to his house with one eye shut. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I said, you know, I'm not, you know, taking him to the vet. I like, I, I got to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do. So. I remember I said, okay, you know, I got to go on and, and, and make sure I allow God to intercede to do, you know, what, what I know that God already has done or wants to do. So I, I prayed for him. I told him, you know, in the name of Jesus, I command your eye to, to be healed, to be to be whole, whatever it is that's dealing, you know, hurting your eye or harming your eye, whatever happened, I command it to be, you know, removed, you know, whatever it was that I was saying. And, and, and you know, what's amazing is he, he was only with me for a couple of days. By the time my, my brother, you know, came back to pick, pick him up, he was good. <laughs> I mean, to the point where I forgot to tell my brother that anything actually happened uh, with his eye because there was no need to tell him anything. He was totally healed, okay? And that didn't just happen, you know, uh, you know over days. I mean, within literally uh, minutes or within hours, I was completely healed, you know, totally fine. Uh, not long after that, I have, I told you I have dogs and I had a, another dog, my, my Jack, uh, not my Jack Russell, but it was my black lab Doberman Pinscher mix. I still have him. And, you know, at that time he's a more of a puppy than anything. He just would chase his tail and just do all types of crazy stuff. He was always doing stuff. And, uh, I remember he came in and he had this, like a, looked like a, I guess a, a, a ball that was, that was forming up under his skin. I mean, it began to swell up and you could see this. It's like a, again, it's like a ball. I mean, it was maybe like a, not quite a, not quite a golf ball size, maybe a little bit smaller than a golf ball size, but I could see that something had happened. It was like, you know, developing something up under his skin. So he hopped around for a little bit, maybe a day or so. And I'm like, man, I, here's another situation. I'm like, I, I, I don't really want to take him to the vet. You know, I, I know uh, that this is not right. It's not of God. So I remember uh, I was in the kitchen. He was in like a utility room that wasn't far from the kitchen. And uh, something, you know, just hit me. I'm like, you know what? We got to deal with this. So I looked at him. I looked at that swelling in his leg. And I said, swelling, I command you go. Devil, I command you get out right now in the name of Jesus. 
And when I tell you, this this is one of the most miraculous stories that I have because it surprised me. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just was irritated at the fact that he was hopping around, you know, because he was a you know, very spry, energetic dog, and then he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do, and it bothered me. So when I said that, he stopped still, right? He stopped still in his tracks, and he sat there, and then what happened was I started to see, and this is a little bit disgusting and graphic, but it just is what it is. I started to see look like pus, white stuff started to start to come out of his out of his leg. So his leg started to ooze out this this stuff, a little bit of pus, a little bit of blood. And he sat there like he was in shock. We both looking at each other, you know, he's like petrified, I'm petrified. We looking at this like, man, what the heck is going on, right? So this stuff started to ooze out of his leg until it completely dissolved, right? I told you it was like a a, a ball that was up under his his skin. It completely dissipated, right? And what happened was this stuff completely drained out. And then within, you know, again, an hour or so, whatever it is, it was a small hole. And I looked at his leg and the, 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 the swelling or whatever it was, it was completely gone and flat. And it was just a small hole like, like someone made an incision in his leg. I mean, it was just, just miraculous. It looked like someone took something and made a, a small circular incision in his leg and everything drained out so a few days later then it started to heal up and he had this little circle that you could actually see right in that spot where the stuff drained out i mean i'm not i'm not lying to you i'm telling you this stuff is absolutely crazy uh i remember uh my daughter my middle daughter i remember uh she was in her car seat she was probably uh one years old i uh, know she wasn't walking and we were at a, a a restaurant a chinese buffet and uh, she had been dealing with some some temptation of uh, what they would consider to be eczema. And, and you know, I, I'm like, man, I'm not dealing with any of that you know, type of thing. And I know that for a while she had been kind of dealing with these type of symptoms. And uh, I remember we walked into the, uh, the, uh, the buffet. She's in her car seat. I remember her sitting next to me in the car seat. And everybody's at the buffet. My family's eating at the buffet. And she, what she would do is she would start to wiggle back and forth in her car seat. Because what she was trying to do was... She was trying to use the car seat to actually itch the, the area, the pit of her of her elbow that was red and irritated. I could see it was red and irritated. And she was trying to trying to find a way to, to itch the pit of her elbow, right? She's just moving, wiggling back and forth. And and it was just another another same thing. And it seemed like it was just an irritation that I had that came, I was just like, you know what? My baby is too wonderful and too beautiful and God loves her too much for her to be dealing with this. So right there, the, my family didn't even know, you know, that this was going on. I, I leaned over and I said, devil, I command you get out. I command you leave in the name of Jesus. You spirit, I think I may have called out eczema. I can't remember. I command you go now. Body, I command you to be whole. And I'm saying this under my breath, whispering it to my daughter. And these people, you know, no, no one even knew. No one even knew uh, that I was even doing this, right? But the powerful thing is, is that within, you know, the time that we were finishing up our meals, hey, her, her arm was not red anymore. She had no sign or traces of any redness or irritation. And then from that day forward, she has, she has never had any more symptoms, right? And that's the case where they would speak some things and tell you, you take your daughter to the, you know, doctor and she's got this and all of that type of stuff. I'm telling you, she not only immediately had relief, but she never has had any of those type of symptoms ever, ever, ever again. Uh, another another story is my son. He's uh, nine years old now. We at the time were living in Louisville, Kentucky, and we used to visit uh, Dayton, Ohio, where I met to see see my wife's family from time to time. We got out the road one t uh, one night, 
And uh, my my youngest son, again, uh, my my oldest son, my my son Ethan. So I have three kids. Uh, my I have a son. He's my oldest, and I have two daughters. So Ethan, at the time, I think he may have been about two, maybe three years old. I don't think he was quite three. And uh, we brought him in from the road. Uh, either we had got off from the road from coming into Louisville, or we went to go see my wife's sister. But we came into my mother's house. And my son was covered in these red dots. He had little red dots all over his face, over his neck. He had all these little red dots on his arm. And it was just these little red dots. I'm like, what in the world is this? I mean, from the time that we, you know, left the car, basically to the time we came in, that, that I'm seeing all these little red dots. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, what in the heck? So my wife, she sees the little red dots. I'm, you know, I think uh, she, she's holding my son. My, my mother, she's very quick to you know to speak a lot of stuff and, and and jump to conclusions so she's about to say some stuff so before she could start talking i say you stop don't say anything so i laid my hands on my son and i told those red spots every single red spot in the name of jesus i command you leave devil you get out right and i'm telling you i mean this stuff is crazy crazy stuff as i think back about it within a couple seconds i mean i'm not talking about even a full minute i'm talking about within seconds then you could see all the red dots begin to dissolve and go away. Within a minute, my son didn't have no, not one red dot on his body, right? I'm not, I'm not lying to you. This is, this is some real, some real stuff uh, that has happened, that has happened for me in my life. Uh, and I've had many things, you know, I've, I've had, uh, man, uh, so-called flu symptoms in my kids, fevers in my sin. I've, I've dealt with fevers. I don't know how many times before, um, just all types of, of symptoms. Does it work every single time? There's times where I can't figure out why the heck I done prayed after seeing all these miraculous things. It seems like the symptoms still stay. So still stay. So I, I'm not saying that it's 100%. I'm still progressing. I'm still learning about how these things work. But I still have seen many more miracles than a lot of other people. Um, I'll stop with this. One of these one of these last ones. Uh, very, very, very powerful uh, a story. Uh, I was living on the street, and uh, on the street, they had, uh, you know, a, a couple, you know, it was kind of a rougher street. <laughs> I guess I'll say it that way. You know, what wasn't bad, but it wasn't good, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, so it was fine because I loved my house, and we didn't get involved with, with any type of foolishness, so it really didn't matter. But we had a, a, a young gentleman that used to walk up and down the street, uh, and the lady across the street used to call him Walker, Right. Like Walker and the te Texas Rangers. She used to call him Walker. And the reason why she called him Walker is because he literally all day long, it seemed like that's all he did was pace up and down our street. You could see him, I don't know how many times during the day, just walking up and down the street. He was always walking down the street. He was a young guy, probably in his, uh, his 20s. And uh, he had long hair, white guy, and he uh, was always pacing up and down the street. And I, me and him started to you know, get into some you know, conversations, get, got to you know, be some pretty good friends. And one day he came over. And I think he wasn't feeling well. Uh, maybe he had a call for some type of headache or, or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But whatever it was, he, you know, he wasn't feeling well. So I, I went ahead and I prayed, prayed with him, prayed for whatever it was. And, and uh, you know, obviously he got relief of whatever it was because uh, probably a few months later, then a guy that I didn't even know was my neighbor came, came to my door and knocked on my door. He said, uh, can you pray for my wife? And he's a, a Native American looking guy. OK, I, I didn't have any idea who he was. Never seen him before. Hey, can you come pray for my wife? Uh, OK. Yeah. Can you tell me more about it? He said, well, my wife is in a coma uh, and I would like for you to go pray for her. 
I said, okay, well, what hospital is she at? This is exactly what, I, what the conversation is going. What hospital is she at? He told me, he said, well, you can't come until after a certain time, visiting hours or whatever this time is, but I, I, I don't want you to come until certain or whatever the certain time is later in the evening. Fine. So I got in the car that evening, went over to the hospital, saw, saw this gentleman. He told me, you can't go in yet. He said, my wife's family is in there with her and she doesn't, and they don't, they don't know that I'm having somebody to come, you know, having you come pray for. So you mind just take a seat until they leave. So I, I was in the waiting room, maybe, you know, about 20, 30 minutes, something like that. So the gentleman comes in, uh, says, hey, okay, they've gone. You can, you can come in. So I go in and uh, this lady is, I mean, enormous. Like, I'm not trying to joke. I just had never seen anybody that big. Like in a, in a hospital bed. I mean, she was very, very obese. I mean, I don't have any idea how much she weighed, but I know she was very, very obese. I mean, her legs were huge. She was just, a, I mean, just very, very overweight. And to the point where the gown that they had, I don't think the gown could really fit around her. I think it just draped, just draped over her. So she's in a coma, got all of these tubes and stuff hooked up to her. And uh, this 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 gown is draped over, her, and I'm walking into the situation. I don't know this guy from nobody else. Don't know her, right? I've never <laughs> never dealt with this before. Uh, so when I was leaving the house, and what I did was I grabbed some olive oil. I had a, a, a little book, and I encourage you to, to get a copy of it. Uh, but Charles Caps has a wonderful uh, a, a book for confessions, uh, one for healing, uh, one for finances, and another I, I think for success or something like that powerful powerful little books but i had a copy of one of those books had that copy had my oil and i walked into this into this uh, uh you know hospital room and uh you know he's looking at me like go for it i'm just like what in the heck like who the heck are you man like he had no doubt in his mind didn't know me from anybody but he had no doubt in his mind that i was going to pray for his wife and his wife was going to be healed i mean that's faith i mean this faith was absolutely amazing you know so I, I I just, okay, because I was on the spot, I said, okay, well, I'll go for it, right? So I pulled my uh, my book out, began to pray some of those some of those words that were in the book, grabbed my oil, put that oil on my hand. Uh, I, think I, I think I touched her foot or her leg. I believe it's what I touched. Put my hand on her, right, as a point of contact, and I commanded, right, that devil to leave. I commanded her to be whole. I commanded for her to, to come out of that coma. And that everything will be healed and everything will be right in the name of Jesus, right? And I'm telling you, I have never been through anything like this in my life. So I pack up my stuff. You know, the gentleman uh, tells me, thank you very much, you know, kind of quietly. And, and I walk out and go home. Uh, the next time I saw him was a couple of days later. And uh, he said to me, hey, uh, my wife's family is very uh, uh, upset with me because they want me to pull the plug. Because my wife is uh, still, you know, in a coma. And uh, they say that I should go ahead and pull the plug. And uh, she's, you know, basically, you know, basically dead. And I said, man, that does not align with what we did. So I said, well, you know, I, I don't know uh, what to do. You know, what, what I suggest you do. All I know is my confession is that she's whole and that she's healed. That's it. So the strange thing is he left my doorstep and a couple of days later came back again. My wife is mad at me. And I'm like, what do you what do you mean your, your wife is mad at you? I thought your wife was was just about dead. Right. So he says, yeah. She woke up from her coma and she's mad at me. So now I get the backstory. Here's the backstory. His wife was a person who operated in gifts of healing, healing a lot of people, casting out devils, doing all kinds of stuff. And then something happened to her 
where she got this sickness and she was not able to get rid of it. She couldn't figure out why she couldn't heal herself of it, went into a deep place of depression, started to overeat and began, began got overweight and, and got really sick. So she, she made a, a promise with him that if she died, that she would, that he would let her die. Right. This was a promise that they made between each other is that, she, that, she, that he would not bring anybody to pray for her and that he would let her die. That was a promise. So he violated that promise, had me come in and pray for her, and she was revived. So the first thing that she, she did was she was upset with him because she did not want to live. And I understand because the state that she was in, the suffering that she was going through, she said that she'd rather die than to live life like that. So just a, just a powerful, powerful thing. I mean, this stuff blew my mind. So when I got that story sitting on my porch, I understood you know more about uh, why it is that he had me to come, why he wasn't, you know, had no doubt in his mind that his wife would be healed, uh, all of those types of things that we did. We violated her will. Uh, and it wasn't probably about uh, maybe a few weeks later, maybe two or three weeks later uh, that she died. I ended up going to her, her funeral. They cremated her and uh, her family did not like him at all. Right. They, they, him and her had a very mixed uh, thing as far as going on with their, their throughout their marriage. Uh, so it wasn't really a good situation. The family didn't like him uh, because he you know, had done a lot of things he shouldn't do. Uh, she probably did a lot of things she shouldn't do. So it was a lot of intense tension, you know, and it was bad. It was not a very peaceful situation going into that, uh, uh, you know, place uh, where they had the funeral. You know, they had the ashes up there and all of that. It was it was a depressing thing. I'm going, I'm going to be, be honest with you. Uh, but he was very appreciative for me being there for him. OK, he was very appreciative for me praying for his wife. He was very appreciative for me showing up uh, to the funeral uh, and loving and caring for him. OK, when the family was totally cold and, and, and very mean uh, to him. So it, it just was a powerful story, you know, and I, I'm sure I got other ones. You know, as I sit back, I, I think about other stuff that I totally forget about that happened. But and God is awesome. He is a real God. So if you are you know, curious about the, the power of God, I'm telling you, he's real. I just got a few testimonies. I haven't seen anybody raised from the dead yet. You know, I haven't seen any maimed arms grow back like Jesus, you know, spoke uh, a person that didn't have an arm and the arm grew back. I haven't haven't seen uh, a person, you know, raised from the dead. I'm, I'm not sure if I said that raised from the dead, but it's just a lot of really miraculous things that I'm ready for. I'm ready to see. And it's according to that person's faith. OK, be it unto you according to your faith. Uh, so with that being said, then I just want to make sure that you understand that God wants you well. Okay, if you've never heard that before, is that God wants you well. His will is that you walk in total health and total healing. Sickness is not God's will. Sickness does not come from God. Okay, so if you have a sickness, if you know somebody has a sickness, it did not come from God. That is a lie. It's propaganda. Okay, God sent his son and took sick. He put sickness on his body in order for that person and you not to have sickness. Okay, so for what we have to do is actually receive that. There's a scripture that says that by his stripes, we were healed, right? We're healed. Everything that you're dealing with, it was already put on Jesus Christ, okay? The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for every sin, every transgression, every sickness, all poverty, all lack, all of that. It's just for us to be able to what? Accept it, to receive it. Most of us live in ignorance uh, to the reality of those things, so we don't know and we don't live in the benefit of the reality of those promises. Uh, there's, there's two things I'll say. As I, as I close out and begin to pray, is that there are both super, or not super, spiritual and natural laws that man abides by, right? Now understand, 
if you violate natural or physical law, then you must be able to function in a higher spiritual law in order for that law that you violated not to have some sort of, some sort of price or penalty or for you to suffer some, suffer some kind of loss. This is a reality, okay? So many of the things I'm talking about are spiritual laws as far as dealing with the kingdom of God. But God has given all humanity natural laws for your benefit. So the challenge is, is that for most people who are dealing with a lot of health issues in the United States is that we are misstewarding our bodies, right? They're not teaching us how to actually have health, right, manifest in our body. Most of the hospitals and, and all of those doctors and whatever it is is focused on, uh, on medicine and surgery, not focused on health, okay, and wellness. So when we're dealing with it, understand that God's laws, it does affect your, the natural law. He set up the natural laws for your benefit, right? The way that we, the diet that we eat, the foods that we eat, they matter, right? They absolutely matter. The, the water, right? Not just the, 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 the things that we drink, but water is primarily what we should be drinking, right? Uh, the lack of exercise, activity, right? Sitting stagnant, okay? Not, not actually working our bodies and growing our bodies. These things have an effect. These are laws that God put in place for your benefit. Again, you were naturally designed to be successful, so it's a case where when you understand that God designed you to be successful and wanted you to have success in every area, including your physical health, then it should be our job to align with those laws, okay? So eat better. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, okay? Figure out this horrible stuff that we're eating. Stop eating it, right? <laughs> Get it out of your system. Drink a lot of water. Stop drinking soda, period, okay? If you drink drink, drink just a little and drink an abundance of soda, even, even sugary drinks, okay? Juice drinks. That abundance of sugar doesn't have fiber so that your body doesn't slow it down. And it's like a, a it's a direct hit to your to your system, a sugar direct hit. OK, and your body is not designed to actually deal with that. It. It's designed for you to eat fruit if you have it, to have fiber with it so it can digest it slowly and have that sugar actually entering your system. But you don't even need uh, to have a lot of a lot of sugar uh, when, as far as fruits go. You don't need a lot of fruit. You just need, you know, smaller portions of fruit. You don't need, again, any acid. Uh, a lot of things like that are very bad. Drink a lot more water. Having daily activity is very, very important. Getting your heart rate up and keeping it up, keeping it up for a sustained amount of time, at least you know, 20, 30 minutes. All of these things, these are natural things. Now, here's the challenge. is that It doesn't matter how well that you do those things. Is that if you violate spiritual law, then you can still have your body have to suffer the, 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 the pain for it, or the price for it. So when you're dealing with sin transgression, living in things of rebellion that God doesn't want for us, then that also affects our body. And that's another source, or really the main source of sickness and disease. Jesus never talks about managing your health, okay? He didn't talk about that. What he dealt with is a person's sin. So a lot of times when he cast out a devil or he was speaking healing uh, uh, for a person, then he actually directed the sin or sinful lifestyle. So what I want you to understand is, is that those things matter. So when we deal with the, the blood of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, he actually can actually alleviate that and actually make it so your sins have been forgiven, right? So that penalty is not, not coming on you. And again, that's not enforced by, by, by God. It's actually enforced by the devil. But the devil understands that when you transgress, when you sin, that, that, they, that those things will happen. So uh, the podcast, I only have a, a couple seconds that it's going to end. I'm going to continue on the YouTube video. So I encourage you, if you listen to the podcast, 
get into the YouTube video so you can catch the rest of this because I won't be able to give you uh, the, the prayer for healing, but I did start with it in the beginning, so I, I believe that you got that. Uh, but come back into the YouTube video and finish out this video. Uh, I'm glad that you joined us. Understand that God wants you well. I encourage you to repent of your sins, okay? Turn from the wicked ways and things that you've done and, and, and receive the healing that God has, has, has provided for you, okay? That's what I encourage. So thank you for joining us again. I encourage you to pick up the YouTube video. So when we're dealing again with this thing as far